Man, it, it's such a nice day today. And I, I can't pick a good workout track for this week. <sighs> okay, let's just check through Spotify. And hit shuffle. Oh, f***. Okay, uh, so I have a bad habit with this. That I, I get really happy for this song. So if anything bad happens, I, I sincerely apologize. I, I like cookies! I like pizza! I like that when I go lift some weights! What am I doing? Oh god, this song's so good! Why do I need to keep shouting? Okay, the shouting stopped. The music's over. The music's over. Oh wait, no! Captain Crunch, Wacky Slush, I want some food! Wait, don't I have an episode to do? What do I say? What do I do? What do I do? Book Rhea Ripley, you fool! I should book! I should book! I should book! The Royal Women's Division! I think I need to go to therapy. of the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, we'll be discussing It's Her Brutality against My Hospitality, It's Rhea Ripley! All my thoughts on her current Raw Women's title reign, can she or can she not save the Raw Women's division, and where on earth will she go next? So for now, tell your friends, tell your friendliest friends, tell them all about this new and exciting edition of the Wrestling With Fiction! Ladies, gentlemen, and lady gentlemen, my fictional friends, welcome to the Wrestling With Fiction podcast, the podcast where I give to you wrestling storylines from the good to the bad to the downright insane. My name's Connor, and yes, I do definitely believe that I still need to go to therapy, as much as I think everyone else does after the past couple weeks of Raw. But hey, it's fine now, because we're talking about Rhea Ripley this week. A person who I think, well, has kind of slid underneath the cracks of just kind of how good her run has been so far. Like, I, I completely get if you're not fully into the whole storyline stuff at this point, because it was a very quick build. But, by God, man, she, she basically came in, went to WrestleMania was one of the top highlighted matches for the card, then just won the world title for the women's division. That's, that's a big deal. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of being overshadowed by, you know, the whole thing with Charlotte, or just what is happening with the women's tag team division. It's like, this is kind of a big deal here. <laughs> like, ah. Uh. Anyways, with that, this is as much talking about Rhea Ripley and the potential of her Raw Women's Championship run as it is about revitalizing the Raw Women's Division. So, if you guys agree with me or you don't, feel free to let me know on whatever social media platform. I don't know. Things. Either way, uh, we're going to quickly move on to basically me telling you my process for all of this, which I like to call the tagline. So, if any of you have never listened to this podcast before, this is your first time listening, the tagline is basically... My 30-word summary, or less, just kind of telling you what I plan to do with the wrestler of the week. Think of it like your, you know, short synopsis that you see when you're going through Netflix. Crunchyroll. 
because I guess Crunchyroll's relevant now because WWE now has a show for it. Anyways, without further ado, I believe that it's time for me to talk to the editor of this podcast, which is, well, it's myself. And I need to ask myself specifically to cue the music, future me! Right, so if you're a fan of NXT, you already know what Rhea Ripley's about. Good job for you, NXT is great. If you're just a casual viewer of the main roster, you have as much information about Rhea Ripley as a platypus swimming through the Pacific Ocean. Don't get me wrong, we do have some good stuff in here. We have the whole thing with Charlotte Flair during WrestleMania in which she lost. Then the Survivor Series, not Survivor, yeah, Survivor Series, definitely Survivor Series. That was even before then. And then we basically got a, a little bit more information with the whole Royal Rumble stuff, the feud with Asuka for a brief period until she won the title. Right now, we kind of lack a lot of subtext that the casual WWE audience who don't watch NXT don't really have at this point. So the key to making Rhea Ripley the top star that we, I think a lot of us see in her, like she's incredible in the ring, for being 24 years old, Jesus Christ. And with it, all we need really is to add a little more subtext to her character, really get a good strong feud going, and just establish her reasons for, as the commentary say, her own brutality. So my pitch for this week, or my tagline for Rhea Ripley, is denied her moment in the sung, a young Australian upstart seeks brutality on those who denied her dreams. In this case, it was her big WrestleMania moment coming in as the champion and having to just lose it to Charlotte Flair, a person who, upon a lot of history and comparisons, has been compared to Charlotte for several years. Something that I kind of wish commentary would bring up because that's a huge thing for why her character is so, you know, much more... You know, an old nickname that she used to have in NXT UK? The Mosh Pit Kid. That's probably the best way I can describe it. Anyways, with it, Rhea is pretty much a character who you can build as a monster of your women's division. She is built like an absolute unit. Let's, let's use that. Let's exploit that because she looks like an absolute star. And we'll get into some potential ideas of where this could go later, but... When you have someone as young and as talented as Rhea Ripley, I, I don't see why you can't just keep her on top of the division for as long as you want. Like, when you look at the entire landscape of the Royal Women's Division, you're gonna need time to build some of these people to take on Rhea already. Like, there's so much you can do with Rhea, particularly with this, where you can just have her go on an absolute rampage. And so, with that, if you liked that, or if you want to give in your own taglines, feel free to share them on Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or, you know, tell me on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. I'd love to hear your suggestions. And with that in mind, I think it's time that we get to our first pitch, and I imagine this one is going to be a little controversial, because it's someone who we're all very familiar with, and, you know, they're going to take this on, with some flair. 
Charlotte Flair, I'm really sorry, okay? I know there were probably a bunch of other people, but I just I just wanted to keep it purely to the Raw Women's Division. I didn't want to rely on call-ups. I didn't rely on moving people to SmackDown. So, yes, it's Charlotte Flair. I know that that's going to be probably really annoying for people, because... I, just as much as you, I kind of want to see Charlotte do some other things for a bit. But I think this is kind of the perfect scenario for Charlotte to actually get a shot. Not necessarily win, I'm going to emphasize this, not necessarily win, but provide a chance to improve her character a bit. So how does this feud go about? Well... If you're watching Raw, you already kind of know. Charlotte Flair's returned. She cut a promo saying that she is the opportunity because she's a Flair. She's done all these cool things. She's Charlotte Flair. Charlotte, 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 Charlotte Flair. I'm that good. I'm a Flair, people. So, you already got that. And if you watch Raw this week, we already know that she got suspended. So, we're gonna pull an old Roman Reigns, if you guys remember when Roman Reigns was suspended, where he was gone for most of the shows, except for the actual pay-per-view. So it's set, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, Backlash, why couldn't you just call it Backlash? But before that, we get some build-up for Rhea Ripley. She's basically cunning a promo saying that, back in NXT, People kept on comparing her to Charlotte because they were kind of built the same. Back in the Mae Young Classic when she had a couple of her big matches, they kept on saying she could be the next Charlotte Flair. Never the next Rhea Ripley. And we get a little bit more explanation how it was just digging at her. How everyone was just expecting her to be Charlotte Flair. Expecting to carry on the legacy of Charlotte Flair. Until she finally snapped and realised... She didn't need Charlotte Flair. She just needed to embrace her own brutality. So we get a little bit more explanation there. And we get to WrestleMania Backlash. Charlotte hasn't been seen on television in weeks. We have Rhea Ripley just absolutely ready for this match. And it's very much just kind of Rhea Ripley's redemption to an extent. Because in their only couple encounters... Rhea Ripley has never pinned Charlotte Flair. So, how do you think this match will go? I'll, I'll, I'll wait for a second. Yeah, uh, Charlotte loses in two minutes. That's right, we're pulling a goddamn Brock fucking Lesnar. I swore, but I'm keeping it in because I want it, okay? I'm going to tell you how passionate I am about this whole idea. First of all, Charlotte Flair is basically their face of their women's division. Very much your John Cena figure who isn't John Cena. I know some people could say Sasha Banks. I know some people can say Bailey. But from the way the company has treated Charlotte Flair, she is your Antonio Inoki. She is your Ric Flair. She is your John Cena. She is your head honcho of that division. And now you have Rhea Ripley, your new big monster who literally has came in, beaten Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship and before that lost the belt to Charlotte in a competitive match. How satisfying would it be, not just for like 
people who don't like Charlotte, but also people who just want some more interesting depth to a woman's storyline to see their top, almost face of the company, get beaten in two minutes by a big boot and a riptide. No offense from Charlotte, just an absolute dethroning of the so-called queen of WWE. And with it, you bring on a whole new era of brutality. Rhea Ripley standing tall over Charlotte, Charlotte being the opportunity has just been capitalized on. But the story doesn't end there. From that point, you have Rhea Ripley go on an absolute rampage. She destroys nearly every woman on the roster, to a point where she is having handicap matches against some of these women, and sometimes having matches against men like Reginald. Because guess what? That makes sense. Because she's he's stuck in feuds with like Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Why on earth would Rhea Ripley, to send a message to the entire locker room, not beat up a guy like Reginald? Basically just establishing that if you want to take her on, you're going to need a whole flipping army. And on the opposite side, you have Charlotte Flair, a person who got absolutely humiliated by losing such a big, important match at Backlash. Because keep in mind, not counting the NXT Women's Championship, Charlotte hasn't hold the women's title for two years. That's a big deal. And I think with it, she inadvertently becomes the opportunity that she ironically said that she was. She is the stepping stone for several months for people to come up and face Rhea Ripley. And Rhea Ripley being the badass champion that she is, holding the Royal Women's title, she's there at ringside watching all these like number one contenders matches. Because why wouldn't she? She's essentially scouting the talent. I don't want some awkward television thing where she's looking to the television. No, I want her at ringside or near the Thunderdome watching these matches, scouting her prey, being the like looming force over the women's division that she was denied of being when she got called up initially for that WrestleMania match. And with it, you slowly build Charlotte's doubt as a character. You, you start to have her build habits that she never really had in wrestling that you can add into the in-ring storytelling. Maybe, like, she doesn't go fully into the figure eight. She's relying on the figure four because, I don't know, she doesn't have confidence in her own flexibility. She doesn't have confidence in her being a champion because she hasn't been it for two years. And her last shot, she got booted in the face and hit with a riptide within two minutes. And if you want, you can add in some extra stuff with her calling Ric Flair, in which we could assume he hasn't spoken to her in months because of the whole Lacey Evans angle. And, you know, building a crisis with her, like, is she really as good as she thought she was? Or was it all just an act until someone else new came into the picture? Is she getting past her prime? Because I think people forget how old Charlotte Flair is compared to a lot of the women's roster. And I think there's so much, like, potential with that until you finally build to the eventual Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley match at SummerSlam. You can have this whole turning point where she confronts her father, talks about it. You also have Rhea Ripley just looming over everything, watching and then 
having these dominant matches in which she's just manhandling her opponents. Until it finally comes back to Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, the only thing standing in Rhea Ripley's way from achieving the thing that she never got to do at WrestleMania, walk in and walk out as a champion of the WWE. So we get to SummerSlam, where the stakes could not be higher, because at this point, there is going to be, in my mind, a promo exchange between the two. A big contract signing, where Rhea is asking, do you really deserve a shot at the Raw Women's Championship after everything? I beat you in two minutes. You can't handle a candle to me. You know, I spent so many years, people looking down on me, telling me to be exactly like you. But now this has changed, and we're living in this era of brutality, who on earth wants to be you? A person brought down and put down by expectations of being a flair, put down by being this self-expected queen of the women's division. I don't want to be a queen of this division. I want full-on anarchy. And Charlotte Flair responds, adding in a slight extra detail to the contract, in which she says, well, you're right. And I talked to my father, and he always said something that was always so poignant to me throughout my WWE career. It's that if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. If I can't do that, then what's the point of me being here? If Charlotte Flair loses against Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam, Charlotte Flair is forced to leave Raw and she can never challenge for the Raw Women's Championship again because that is basically the highest stakes you can have for Charlotte because her whole career is being defined by someone else's legacy. And yes, you can say that Ric Flair has said that he sees Charlotte as beyond him and all of this stuff, but there's always going to be that shadow in our mind next to Ric Flair, and that expectation of, like, she's going to get over 16 times, like, the world title for the women's division. And with it, it brings even more stakes to Rhea Ripley's reign after having such a dominating thing in which she's even taken on people like Reginald. It, it just makes it seem so much bigger, and if you wanted to main event with it, you could. And you can go either way with it. You can have Charlotte Flair lose, re-solidify Rhea Ripley as this dominant Raw Women's Champion, taking over the entire division and running roughshod over it. Or you can have, you know, Charlotte win, overcoming all the odds, starting to slowly regain her confidence, but not being as cocky about her own, like, situation, and not relying on the Ric Flair name. And hypothetically, even if Charlotte loses... I only mentioned the Raw Women's title, so she can just go over to SmackDown, depending. So I've, I've left some possibilities open. So that's kind of the basis of my first idea. I, I think it adds more depth to both. You kind of, you know, there's a little bit of duality there. And I, I think it, it adds some of the subtext that I was talking about and gives us a pretty dominant run with Rhea Ripley. So moving on from that, we have the very next pitch. And... I should tell you that the contrast between these two is almost second to none, because Rhea Ripley is going to need to deal with the glow. <music> Naomi! Very simple. The big reason for this is that why was she not put in 
the title picture to begin with for the past three years? That That's a genuine question. Like, I think she has such an underrated women's title run. Legitimately, I think her win at WrestleMania, compounded with, like, her whole run up to SummerSlam, was really good. And we never really got more of it since then. Like, you got the custom, like, shiny, not shiny, like, light-up belt during her entrance. It's just, it's it's a visually cool-looking design, especially for, like, that belt. Made her feel, like, very distinct. Why wasn't there more of this? (laughs) It's still, like, a mystery to me. And I look at the rest of the Raw women's division that we've got at the moment, people who are used on television, and I can't help but feel that Naomi is one of those people who you can put into the main event slot against Rhea Ripley. Like, I think the contrast of styles would work really well, and it's a very simple way that you could easily get Naomi there. So how does this all come about, you may ask? Basically, we have a battle royal. Very simple, very classic way to get a kind of underdog baby face to get a shot at the champion. Very simple. It's the final three. It's Naomi, it's Nia Jax, and it's Shayna Baszler. A little bit of miscommunication here and there from Jax and Baszler. Shayna's eliminated first because that's kind of how the company treats her compared to Nia for some reason. And we basically get the... You guys might remember the Royal Rumble spot with uh, actually Name Redacted and Big Show at the Royal Rumble in which Name Redacted won. We're going to do that with Naomi and Nia Jax because, you know, that's a really solid way. You get over Naomi's experience as a wrestler and you build up this new threatening challenge for Rhea Ripley in which she just has no fear, walks straight in, holds the belt up and we get a little bit of a stare down between the two, you know, for the promo packages. It's always good. So with that, we move on to a couple more weeks. Uh, Rhea Ripley being as dominant as ever. Uh, and with it, we get Naomi and Lana going for the tag team titles against Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler because why on earth wouldn't you? Like, if you beat the tag team champions in any form, You may as well get a tag team title shot. It's not like they're not handing it out to begin with. So this happens, and it looks like as Naomi's on the cusp for winning the tag team titles for her team, Rhea Ripley comes in and interferes, sending a message to Naomi, don't overlook me by challenging someone else's belt. That happens, a brawl ensues in which Rhea stands tall, and we move on to next week. Rhea Ripley cuts a promo saying that It only took her a couple months to be the face of this division. Naomi, you haven't been the face of this division in three years, and it took you five or six years just to do that. You're nothing but a tribal chief's puppy. Not really that, but you know what I mean. Just Jey Uso's wife. Da-da-da-da-da. Naomi comes in. How dare you say that? I'm good. (laughs) Because... You know, Naomi is that. She's worked her butt off to be on top of the division, and she knows that these opportunities don't come often, and that it's a, it's going to be Rhea Ripley's arrogance as a champion, having only hold the Raw Women's title for the first time, that she's overlooking Naomi. That's kind of what she's saying in her promo. And as this happens, well, Lana basically comes out in the middle of this whole situation, and says that she wants a match 
with Rhea Ripley because she feels that Naomi doesn't need to save that much time with her and she needs to get ready for a big match. So we get Lana versus Rhea Ripley and it goes as well as you think it does for Lana. Uh, yeah, Lana loses in incredibly decisive fashion. Naomi tries to come in as Rhea Ripley assaults Lana a bit more. She tries to help, it doesn't really work, and now we can't really get rid of Lana through tables, so we're going to do something a little bit more creative here. And, because I think Lana will be up for it, because she seems to be incredibly committed to her character stuff. Uh, we have Rhea Ripley essentially carry Lana up to a section of the Thunderdome, and pull a Roman Reigns from the Royal Rumble, and just throw her off. <laughs> throw off a section of the Thunderdome. You could probably edit it if you want, a la the Alexa Bliss stuff. She is written off TV. Maybe you can say she's went to a local medical facility. And, yeah, she's off TV. You got Naomi, who's essentially more angry now. She's insulted her husband. She's insulted her family. And now she's taken away one of her closest friends that she has in the WWE right now. And... We get a lot more of an aggressive Naomi going after Rhea Ripley, essentially trying to make her life a living hell. Backstage segments, Naomi's charging at her. In-ring segments where she's just like commenting, observing everything. She's there. She's essentially following her around like a scolded dog, looking to just get her revenge, even before Sunday. So we get to the main event, or at least the Raw Women's Championship main event. Naomi. Versus Rhea Ripley. Very fun athletic match I can see. Where Naomi is risking everything just to get a shot. Really highlight Naomi's athleticism. Because that's the thing that she's really good at. And comparing it with Rhea Ripley. Who is just an absolute powerhouse. It could be a bunch of fun creative spots. I'm imagining Naomi going for a springboard. Rhea Ripley catches it. Hits the riptide. One, two, three. That sounds really fun. Or maybe even, like, stuff where, like, she jumps on top of the apron, hits a Hurricane Runner and Rhea Ripley, all this other stuff. Why are we not having this Raw? Why is she in the tag team division? Why is she not a singles? This is the perfect time. And what does this essentially accomplish? You get a lot more character stuff with Naomi, which you may or may not like, depending on her promo stuff. We get a whole other bit for Rhea Ripley, kind of reasserting that she's kind of a young cocky champion because this is this is essentially her first rodeo holding the belt which you know in the words of Chris Jericho you don't know that you're truly a champion until you've won that belt twice not once and you build this kind of narrative of Rhea Ripley being this dominant kind of naive champion versus the veteran who's just been very down on her luck for the past several years and it's a fun little conflict I think there's a lot of very good, like, fun stories you can get out of that. And if you want, you can build from the Charlotte stuff that I talked about before. You see, I'm trying to do what I can for this division. Anyways, pretty short, pretty simple. So we're going to move on to the final picture this week. And if you thought these stories were, you know, quite tame, which I can understand, they're very you know, wrestling focused. We're about to get really ridiculous here because we're going to be taking a trip to the fun house.
Yes, we are indeed ending on Alexa Bliss. A person who, again, feels weird they haven't been in the Royal Women's title picture for a while. You know, she's been kind of in the tag team division for a bit, then she got the whole thing with Bray Wyatt. It's, it's a thing that I think it's about time she got back into that mix because very, I, I actually miss her as champion. Now, I, I'm not necessarily saying she should win the title, but there should be some fun, spooky stuff we can do with Alexa Bliss since she's still kind of in that fiendish character. So, how did this all come about, as I keep on saying? Rhea Ripley is essentially in the ring, begging for competition, because by God, does it feel like the Royal Women's Division doesn't have any of that. So she's there, basically saying, like, all these people who have mocked me are now terrified of me. Now all of you who are getting the chance to face me as champion, who hasn't even been here, as discussed before, for four months. Why Why isn't there anyone, you know, stepping up to me? Who, who wants to take on my brutality? Who dares take it on? I dare anyone in that locker room to face my brutality. And as that happens, the lights go out, we get, we get basically a distorted version of We're really glad that you're our friend, and this is a friendship that'll never ever cuts off. And we get a, you know, a set of distorted uh, voices being played, you know, cut to just a set of Alexa Bliss's big career singles moments, like, you know, entering WrestleMania as the goddess, you know, seeing some of her stuff at the beginning where, you know, she was one of the masked people for Triple H's entrance. We see her in Blake and Murphy Factor. And it's basically just showing how much of a dominant champion Alexa Bliss was, but all kind of distorted, but you kind of get the idea that it's Bliss. All building to, well, a shot of Alexa Bliss just scowling, looking just dead-eye towards Rhea Ripley. And it quickly turning to a smile saying, yeah, I'll play. Cuts off. Rhea Ripley's just smiling like, oh, so this is who we're dealing with. That's the end of that brief exchange that kind of starts everything. And we move on to... Next week, and what's important here is that Rhea Ripley is having matches against people like Nikki Cross in order to build up to her match with Alexa Bliss. Uh, at this time, I'm assuming that people like Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler have, you know, just recently broke up as a team because of whole tag team shenanigans, which we'll come to later. This is all happening, and Rhea Ripley is having this match with Shayna Baszler, who's recently been broken up from this Nia Jax team. And it's a, it's kind of a harbinger back to, you know, their NXT title match. You get a couple of, you know, callback spots where Shayna Baszler's trying to break Rhea Ripley's arm, but she's just too strong. Uh, maybe we get another Avalanche Riptide. And as it's looking like she's about to end the match, we get the kind of like Fiend style dude as the lights are slowly going out, and rather than just, you know, stop what you're doing, Rhea Ripley isn't going to do that. No, she's going to get the win. One, two, three. That happens. We don't even get a call, but we can say that Rhea Ripley's won the match. 
And she's just, she's waiting for Bliss to come out. She's daring her to come out. And as this happens, well, yeah, we get another package from Alexa Bliss talking about how she is someone who hasn't really been given opportunities as of late. And, you know, since she's been so kind as saying that she wants to play for, she's happy to do it at the next pay-per-view. But she doesn't want to do it alone. Because what good is playing with someone when you don't have, like, other people to share it with? And as this happens, a spotlight shines on Rhea. And Nikki Cross, from out of nowhere, jumps out, tries to, like, strangle Rhea Ripley. Because remember, Nikki Cross did have that intense friendship with Alexa Bliss, and whilst it didn't really get much of a conclusion, you can just assume that the influence of Lady Fiend has brought back Nikki Cross's psychotic tendencies, you know? Where if she couldn't beat him, she's gonna join him. As this happens, she's like strangling Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley's like slowly trying to like fight out, and as this happens, she's She's completely distracted by Nikki Cross, still, like, holding on the top of her back. Nia Jax comes in. Yes, Nia Jax. I know how people feel about Nia Jax, but she's one of those other characters who has a relationship with Alexa Bliss. Remember them being former best friends? That's a whole thing that you can still kind of play off of. Like, she's being manipulated by The Fiend to be her big, powerful muscle. And, you know, for the rest of the story, she's pretty much just going to be fodder to get hit by a big boot from Rhea Ripley. So really, it's fine. She basically does a big shoulder tackle, knocking her down along with Nikki Cross because Nikki Cross is crazy. Why on earth would she not just kind of embrace that whole motif? That happens. And then finally, Nikki Cross, not Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss comes down and Nia Jax... And Nikki Cross are holding back Rhea Ripley, who's just been absolutely battered by these two. And Nikki Cross gets on the microphone and she says, Oh, Rhea, 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 Rhea. You came here to leave a mark. Well, I came here to leave a scar. And we get Alexa Bliss hitting a brief fireball like we saw with Randy Orton onto one of Rhea Ripley's eyes, marking her. And having her just be held up by Nikki Cross and Nia Jax, holding the Raw Women's Championship. And that's how you close out that week. We move on to next week. We get an explanation from Alexa Bliss about how Nikki Cross and Nia Jax have been included into a little fun house and playing together. Because she realized that without the comfort of The Fiend, she was really missing her friends. The people that she felt, you know, she had left behind. Like Nia Jax, who was a close friend of her during her dominant run. And now that she's seen the light and that she's nothing but a tag team wrestler, she could be her best friend again. And with Nikki Cross, well, they've been best friends for life. It's only up until recently where she wasn't able to accept her brand new transition. But now that she has, she's, she's willing to do anything for her. Like... Grabbing a photo of Rhea Ripley and throwing it to her to tear up to shreds like a crazy dog. <laughs> Bit goofy, I know, but, you know, Alexa Bliss's character right now 
has a little bit of goofiness to it, with a little hinge of seriousness, and, you know, we get, you know, a little peek back to some of the old bits of Alexa Bliss saying that she's five feet of fury, and that, you know, size does matter. Because my size is going to win me the Raw Women's Championship. That stuff. And with it, Alexa Bliss has, you know, a bit of a tune-up match in the build-up. Next week, she has a match with Shayna Baszler. Because, you know, you need to have a beat top contender. So I'm thinking either Shayna Baszler or Naomi. We're going to say Shayna Baszler for this week. Next week, Naomi. And in the match with Naomi, we get, well... Alexa Bliss gets the win. You know, she's celebrating like, oh yeah, we did it, guys. And they're all like so happy for her. And then the lights go out. Like they've been going for most of this feud. Except it's it's back on the funhouse and it's it's very cinematic. You just see these like massive hulking boots going there and just destroying everything with like an axe, a hammer, you know, lighting stuff on fire. And with it, she's... Alexa Bliss is completely distraught. Nikki is just losing her mind. Nia's just trying to hold both of them back. And in the ending closing shot of that image, it's an extreme close-up of Rhea Ripley, one eye burnt, just walking away from the funhouse. And so we build to the pay-per-view, in which... You know it's got to be a cinematic match, right? There's there's no other way of doing it. Like, with the way that Rhea Ripley's character is built, and the way that Alexa Bliss is, it's kind of the contrast that you need. So it's definitely going to be a cinematic match. It's going to be a Firefly Funhouse match, where you're going back to the corpse of the Funhouse, where it all began. And Rhea Ripley's coming in. You know, I, I'm assuming you want to pull a Becky Lynch and just have her come in on a massive truck. Coming in, weapons in hand, ready to go. She's not here to mess around. She enters the funhouse trying to find Alexa Bliss. And with it, she she sees, like, a person going by with long blonde hair. And she follows it. Only to see it's it's the old Rhea Ripley. The Rhea Ripley of the Mae Young Classic. The, the one who looks so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Who is almost like completely unrecognizable to Rhea Ripley of now. And she's kind of conflicted, like, what what is going on here? And before she can even fully process it, Nia Jax and Nikki Cross come in, two-on-one assault. Rhea Ripley, you know, coming in with weapons. She fights back. She hits some of them back. Uh, I can imagine maybe, like, Rhea Ripley just shoving Nikki Cross into the swing set and then just hitting, like, forearms back and forth. Uh, Nia Jax, you know... Uh, hit with a bat, possibly. Uh, maybe hit multiple times with the bat. Could be cool, you know. That happens. Which leads us to Alexa Bliss as she's, like, continued following her old figure of herself. We get to Alexa Bliss. And she starts talking about how she... You've never been able to accept your former self, have you? And Rhea, you know, she doesn't say anything and she just goes straight after Alexa Bliss. It doesn't quite work. And she gets, like, blocked by, you know, her past self, metaphorically and physically. And, you know, a brawl ensues between the two. It's very back and forth. Alexa Bliss using her size to advantage, using the weapon like the bat to knock down, like, Rhea Ripley's legs, so she's down to her size, hitting DDTs, 
maybe you want to see her like hit fire all these fro fire like with the Randy Orton feud and it builds to this point where Rhea Ripley's on the ground she's looking up at her past self and she just kicks her straight out the window because she's realized she doesn't need to be anybody else she just needs to be Rhea Ripley and with it having overcome that idea of herself and overcoming this whole mystical figure that is Alexa Bliss. She hits the Riptide. One, two, three. Rhea Ripley retains the Raw Women's Championship in a relatively decisive yet chaotic fashion, which is befitting of the Firefly Funhouse and dominant for a wrestler who's bringing on an era of brutality. (laughs) Now, I know this feud is very chaotic, It's very goofy. Hell, the funhouse thing is very nonsensical. But when I think of creating a, you know, strong force against Rhea Ripley, I I can't really think of much else apart from just doing Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Rhea, which is something I don't think many people want. And it gets Alexa Bliss back into that title picture. It reminds us of her being this incredibly dominant champion, which is rare. It also just gives Rhea this big force to overcome that kind of makes it seem realistic considering her size. And plus, you get you get a little bit of character development in there with her, you know, kicking off her past self and saying, this is the real Rhea Ripley. Something that's actually kind of relevant considering all of her interviews have been since that WrestleMania match that she lost, like, a confidence in herself. And this self-doubt, which could be a conflict within the funhouse. Something that happened with the, you know, Bray Wyatt-John Cena thing, where Cena wasn't able to overcome it, but Rhea Ripley was. You know, just little things like that could be fun. And honestly, if there's any main takeaway takeaway from these storylines, it's that the Raw Women's Division does have stuff you can do with it. You just need to spend some time with it, give it a chance, Give the women some, you know, independent time. Really expand on those characters. Hell, make factions for this stuff. If you have tag titles and you have a Raw Women's title, it's it's not like you can't do that. So that's just kind of the basic stuff so that we can all embrace this current era of brutality. Okay, we've we've made it to the end. Uh, first of all, apologies for some of the slight audio issues. Uh, there was a slight glitch with recording Audacity today, and uh, there was there was some things that cut off a tiny bit of audio. So with that, I I apologize. I'll I'll probably mention it in the description once this is over. But apart from that. Yeah, I kind of set my piece on the Royal Women's Division. I think Rhea Ripley is an absolute star. And it's it's about time that I ruin the star very quickly because we're heading into the final segment of this podcast, a little thing I like to call Fantasy Fumble. And if this is your first time here or you've somehow got this far into this without feeling like, hey, I want to stop listening to this, Fantasy Fumble is my... It's basically the weird random idea that is almost completely improvised that I must create a storyline that is probably the weirdest, wackiest, or otherwise worst idea that I can come up with and try and make it as cohesive and 
kind of workable within the time of a soundtrack. It's weird, it's odd, it's wacky, and it's always the weirdest way to end the show. So, without further ado, Fantasy Fumble will begin in 3, 2, 1. Fumble! Let the dumpster fire begin! Buddy, uh, Rhea Ripley, she's great, she's a mosh pit kid, so, uh, we, we gotta, we gotta develop that, we gotta, we gotta make it better, we gotta make it shinier, so, uh, we're having another crisis with her, cause, you know, she, she was projected to kinda seem like another Charlotte, but she's not Charlotte, she's not her, so, she's trying to find her whole other identity, cause now she looks like a mosh pit kid, so in the middle of this, she's, she's being told by, you know, backstage producers like trying to make friends with the locker room because she's, I, I'm assuming she might also be an introvert, I don't know. And with it, she's trying to, you know, relate to the kids still, you know? She she slowly becomes a K-pop stan. That's right, Rhea Ripley becomes a K-pop stan. You wanna know why? So in her matches, she, you know, she starts replacing part of her feelings that we're just starting with the instrumental of brutality, changing it to a, you know, K-pop remix of Japanese or Korean sounding lyrics. So it's, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna assume that I do know, but you, you get it. You all get it. So this happens. She's having matches against, uh, Dana Brooke, who's just, you know, mocking her for her old metal ways, which she's, she's trying to change for the better. So she hits him back with a riptide. She starts, you know, trying to sing some Japanese songs. Maybe she's singing some Dragon Ball Z, because I know that she came out as Vegeta. So, uh, Shala, Den Shala, Uke no Duna no Zode, Riptide, she wins. That happens, and as this is happening, she's she's got the big win. She's doing that. She's still Royal Women's Champion. She she feels like something's still missing. She looks herself in the mirror. She admires her muscles, being like, "Yeah, that's really cool." But I need something a little bit more colorful to get over with the fans. So in the middle of this, she she changes her outfit a bit. She dyes her hair to bright pink because guess what? It's fabulous, and that's something. And that happens. <laughs> we move on from that. She's there. She's having a match with uh. Um, uh, Nia Jax is making fun of her for her pink hair. She's like, no, I like my pink hair. It's really cool. You should try it as well, Nia. You had blonde hair for a bit. Of course, Nia refuses that because she's like, oh, I, I didn't have blonde hair. You're lying. So as this happens, they have their brawl. Uh, Rhea Ripley embraces more of the K-pop power, you know, charges up for a spirit bomb. Uh, with it, she hits the riptide, gets the pin. One, two, three. And discovers that really, no, she likes metal music. Oh, <laughs> well, that was nonsensical, as this ending always is. <laughs> oh, this has been this has been an episode filled with the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Starting out with me realizing that I definitely cannot have a music career. To me, further stating that I really want Rhea to be dominant with audio issues and various things, but we keep going. We keep trying, as everyone does. That's, that's the lesson we're going to bring. We, we have a moral here. <laughs> it's to keep going, keep trying, keep grinding. I believe in you. You guys are great. You can do it. Yeah, that that's the positive message, as I guess I want to always preach. So, yeah, thank you all so much for listening. I, 
I appreciate every single one of you for doing this. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, feel free to... Oh, God, I can't even plug after all of this! <laughs> if you like my content and you feel like you want to support me, feel free to subscribe, feel free to, you know, follow me on social media, on Twitter at Connor the Cooper, or on Instagram at Wrestling With Fiction. It helps me out. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or places where you can leave a review, that helps too. All of that stuff is great. And with that, I'm going to end it here. I hope all of you have an absolutely lovely day. And remember everyone, wrestling can always use just a little bit more fiction. See you all. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>